Uh, we're also going to see here that uh, this, this is the first mention, by the way, where the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart. The previous times, Pharaoh uh, hardened his heart uh, individually, or it just mentions that he had a hard heart. Now we begin to see a direct action from the Lord who is uh, ensuring, and this is one of the things about the sovereignty of God that we're never going to understand, and we just have to accept it, but he is ensuring that his people are going to be let go. So that's the end. That's the, the sixth uh, uh, plague, the plague of boils. We move into the seventh. This is the last in the, the, um, the sequence of three plagues that are meted out on the Egyptian people. And the severity, and all of the plagues have been severe, but the attack on, on the individuals, the uh, Egyptian individuals, uh, increases and increases significantly from now until the Passover. So look at verse 13. The Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and say, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. Now there was no announcement like this on the sixth plague. So uh, Moses goes back in and makes this announcement to Pharaoh. For at this time, I will send all my plagues to your very heart. So, we, we move from, I don't want to say a generic type of um, dealing with Pharaoh, uh, uh, the Lord dealing with Pharaoh, but this becomes very specific now. So the intensity, as I say, they become very severe. And on your servants, on your people, that they may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now, if I've stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from, from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet you exalt yourself against my people, and that you will not let them go. And so behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause a very heavy hail to rain down such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field as a warning. First warning, okay? Uh, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home and they shall die. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee uh, to the houses. But he, Pharaoh, did not regard the word of the Lord, left his servants and his livestock in the field. And the Lord then said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there be hail in all the land of Egypt, on the man, on beast, on every herb of the field, therefore the land, throughout the land rather of Egypt. And Moses did so, stretched out his rod toward heaven. The Lord sent thunder and hail and fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck throughout all the land of Egypt, all, uh, all that was in the field, both man and beast. The hail struck every herb of the field, broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. 
And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned this time. Well, obviously he had sinned continuously since the beginning of this, but he now makes it personal. The Lord is righteous, my people and I are wicked. Now, this is a, a remarkable statement from a pagan king. The Lord is righteous. So it begins to dawn on Pharaoh that he is, that the spirit, Jehovah, that he is dealing with through Moses is one that cannot be reckoned with without acquiescing to his power. Entreat the Lord that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. And before we finish this, I just want to stop right here, okay? Um, we see, if you look at some of the bullet points here, this closes out the, the sixth uh, the plague, the plague of boils. And uh, let's focus a bit on the word harden, and then we're going to move through some other scriptures this evening. So to harden one's heart is an expression uh, not of divine purpose, but of the, uh, at least in, in uh, the sixth, uh, sixth uh, plague. It is when we get to number seven. Not of divine purpose, but of the result of the disobedience of divine appeals. As a matter of fact, all the plagues were intended and calculated to soften if Pharaoh had been willing to yield. Well, we see, obviously, that he was uh, rebellious and obstinate, and even until the Passover, even after the Passover, he still sought the Hebrew people. <clears throat> so God's plan, his purposes continue, and he now is focusing these horrendous 7th, 8th, and ninth plague as, as it leads up to the 10th plague, uh, on the nation of Egypt. Now, it's this, uh, this interesting that we see this in the Scripture. We could go back to the book of Genesis, and we would find that the, uh, in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, there was something similar that took place. Fire and brimstone. Fire ran along the, along the ground, similar to what we see here. But I want to look at uh, two or three other passages of Scripture uh, that uh, uh, where this particular plague is mentioned and then we're going to the book of Revelation and the uh, plague that you see here is going to be unfolded not once but twice on the earth during the tribulation period. So turn with me to Psalm chapter 11 to begin with. <clears throat> Psalm 11, the Psalm of David, and it's, and it's uh, uh, basically a, a, a psalm where uh, David is worshiping the Lord. Look at verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. That's similar to what we read in 1 Peter 3. That uh, is also found in Psalm 34. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, 
fire and brimstone and a burning wind, a zephyr, if you please, a west wind that carries with it the uh, from from the uh, uh, from the Mediterranean that dried out the Middle Eastern area. Fire and brimstone and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. So, this is a uh, David is recalling perhaps what happens here in the in the eighth plague to the Egyptians. He is also using this as a reminder of what uh, happened with Sodom and Gomorrah and is uh, reminding his readers that uh, the Lord obviously is is righteous. He says in verse 7, he loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 1. So that was a psalm of David. Let's read what his son Solomon wrote. And look at verse 24. Now, this is, this is, uh, <clears throat> this applies to uh, folks in the Old Testament, folks in the New Testament, you and I today. But as you, as we read this, we can see how it applied to Pharaoh. Okay? Verse 24, because I have called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm, and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. Uh, remember what David wrote, Psalm 11. The, uh, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. I have called, you refused. There's going to come a time when you call, and I'm not going to answer. And that's essentially what we see here. The Lord's patient with Pharaoh, but now he is uh, accelerating the plagues to bring an end, not only to the suffering of the Egyptians, but also to bring an end to the slavery of his chosen people. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. This comes again to the uh, work of God in our lives. Uh, there are people that, in fact, the scripture says there's no one that seeks after the Lord. And uh, there are many people that seek God, but actually it's when God moves in our hearts that we are to turn to him. And this obviously is a, a reference to the fact that, that folks don't do that. Because they hated knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel, and despise my every rebuke. Therefore... They shall eat the fruit of their own way. That's precisely what happened to Pharaoh. Be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. So <clears throat> Solomon, of course, writing this here, Proverbs chapter 1, and he uh, no doubt is recalling not only Psalm 11, but other Psalms that uh, his father had written as well. So let's see. Now let's go all the way to Revelation chapter 8. This, the, the, the hail, the fire, the lightning in, that rolls along the ground, this, this, the severity of these electrical storms in the Middle East 
um, is significant. When <clears throat> I was working for Limitork, we, um, we sold quite a bit of product to Saudi Aramco. And Saudi Aramco is the, uh, at one time, well, they are the wealthiest oil company in the world. Um, probably in the neighborhood of two, three trillion dollars, which puts them now on the same level or approximate level of Apple. And it's private. The Sauds, the family Sauds, uh, own and run Saudi Aramco. And one of the, their, their specification for product in the Middle East, particularly desert product, uh, there was a tremendous temperature range also a, a, a pretty broad uh, humidity range, and also uh, the, the storms that occur in the desert, electrical storms that occur in the desert, are few and far between. But when they do occur, they are extremely destructive. And so there was usually a section of the specification that called for uh, certain types of, uh, uh, that, that uh, the electronics or the electrical items that were inside these components needed to meet, uh, uh, for the most part, the most uh, severe type of specifications for electrics or electronics that you would see around the globe because of the severity of the storms. That's what we're seeing here in Egypt. And so that continues today. That's, that's been 4,000 years ago. still continues. So when we come to the book of Revelation now, we're looking at uh, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the vile judgments. Uh, three series of judgments that have seven uh, plagues, basically, uh, totaling 21. So here in chapter 8, <coughs> let's see. I think I want to look at... Uh, yeah, let's... Where I want, what do I want to look at? Another angel, prayers of the saints, the smokes. Okay, yeah. Verse 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. All right, this is the beginning of the, the opening of the seventh seal is a prelude to the seven trumpets. Uh, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the, with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. The angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, threw it to the earth, and there was noise, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. And so all of this begins to unfold uh, here in these uh, and, and the trumpet judgments that are taking place here uh, in uh, the middle part of what we understand to be the tribulation. Now, there are obviously those that uh, take some different approaches, but certainly this is a, a severe type of uh, ecological event that takes place. Now, turn to Revelation 16. This is the beginning of the um, bowl judgments. These are the last of the bowl of the of the series of plagues on 
on the earth. Notice what happens. When I, uh, the first bowl is sores, boils. The second one, the sea turns to blood. <clears throat> the third one, the waters turn, the fresh water turns to blood. The fourth one, in verse uh, 8, men are scorched with great heat. And that too could have been, notice uh, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. And the power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. They blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent nor give them glory. There's darkness and pain with the fifth bowl. There is uh, the, the drying up of rivers as it takes place in uh, the sixth bowl. And the final bowl judgment in verse 17, the seventh angel poured out his bowl in the air and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. Jesus said it is finished. Here God says it's done. It's complete. The, the, um, uh, the judgment of the earth will be complete. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and there was a great earthquake such a mighty and great earthquake as has not occurred since men were on the earth. And the great city, Babylon, was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and great hail from heaven fell upon men. Each hailstone about the weight of a talent, which is about... 100 pounds, 80 to 100 pounds. And a talent was uh, generally a year's wage for individuals. And that's the way they, the, you were paid with weights of uh, gold or silver. And that's what's in reference here. In great hell from heaven fell, the weight of a talent, men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, since the plague was exceedingly great. And then there's this parenthesis as he begins to talk about uh, uh, ecclesiastical Babylon and then um, capital ba uh, Babylon. What I want you to remember and what I want you to take away here is that the eighth plague that is unfolded on Pharaoh continues as part of the judgment that God uses on unrepentant <clears throat> men and women. And so the prelude, of course, that is seen there in, <clears throat> uh, on uh, Pharaoh back in Exodus chapter 9, turn with me back there now. And as we go back there, uh, be reminded that uh, this, this particular plague is extensive. There's nothing much that <clears throat> will shake, <laughs> they can sh shake a house other than an earthquake you know, maybe a, a low-flying jet, but certainly a, a clap of thunder, especially a severe clap of thunder that is uh, extremely close to your house. It rattles the windows, uh, the floors, and, and does all sorts of... Uh, it startles you, and it is meant to startle you. That's what you see here. Now, this is something that starts, and it continually goes on until Pharaoh causes, calls uh, Moses and... <clears throat> um, and Aaron. Next slide, if you would, uh, Brother Tim. 
So the Lord has already said, listen, Pharaoh, I'm, I'm going to I pretty much get her. I pretty much held back my power. But now uh, I need to bring this to a close. I'm going to bring it to a close. We need to move along. <clears throat> and so all the <coughs> rebellion of Pharaoh just served to glorify the Lord in the end. And so he does give Pharaoh a warning. He says, bring your livestock in because it's going to be severe. Uh, Kaiser, one of the commentaries, uh, commentators on, uh, the, uh, on this particular passage, says rainfall comes so occasionally in upper Egypt, and this is pretty much the tr true all the way through uh, the Middle East, that the prediction of a severe hailstorm accompanied by a violent electrical storm, must have been greeted with a lot of skepticism. And Pharaoh obviously is, is, a, is a born skeptic. He, he didn't believe what Moses had told him in the first part of chapter 9, and he sent, people, sent some of his people into uh, Goshen just to make sure that the plague there was not uh, bothering the, uh, Egypt, uh, the Hebrew people. <clears throat> now the Bible says that uh, the Egyptians must have believed that the wrath of God was rained down from heaven in all severity. So this is a combination not only of intensive rain, but the electrical storms that follow in very arid land. Static electricity would have been uh, uh, significant. And remember, these folks did not have an understanding of electricity at all. So they were, not, they were unprepared. There were no lightning rods as, you, as, you, as we know them or, uh, or places to ground. In fact, most, most things today, uh, if it's a uh, direct strike by lightning, most things today will not survive a direct strike by lightning. It's still in the hundreds of thousands of volts and uh, the amps, amps generally is what takes your life anyway, but the amperage can vary from milliamps to um, basically kiloamps. So it, it's extremely unpredictable even today. So all this takes place and it rains down on the uh, Egyptian people. Next slide, brother. <clears throat> and so the scripture says, uh, fire mingled with fire and hail. And so we see here what uh, Trapp refers to as a miracle within a miracle. Uh, fire and water make a peace betwixt themselves that they may obey the will of the Creator. This generally doesn't occur, but it does at this particular time. And we've talked about the plagues uh, impacting or directly associated with some demigod in the Egyptian pantheon. So this particular one was the god, uh, the, the goddess called Nut. And this is a sky goddess. So the Lord is obviously, he's the Lord of heaven and earth, and he's the Lord of the sky and all that, that, that there is. So this takes place, and of course, Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron toward the end of chapter 9, and he says... Uh, uh, entreat the Lord, verse 28, there may be no more mighty thunderings in hell, for it is enough, and I will let you go. 
and you shall stay no longer. And then Moses, of course, is, is savvy to this now, and he says, hey, as soon as I've gone out of the city, I'll spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease. There'll be no more hail that you may know the earth is the Lord's. But it's for you and your servants. I know that you're not going to fear the Lord. It's going to cease, and so that's going to be behind you. And you're just going to go ahead and do your own thing. Uh, <clears throat> we see the uh, crops were destroyed in verses 31 and 32. Moses does go uh, out of the city. And he does entreat the Lord. Uh, the, uh, all of this stopped. And verse 34, Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, the thunder had ceased. He sinned yet more. So he's lying, not only to Moses and Aaron, but also to Jehovah. And he hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard, neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So, one thing after another, just continual. All right, he falsely repents. His heart grows harder. And I'm thinking that at this point in time, there is no repentance available for Pharaoh. The book of Proverbs says that I have called and you have refused. Then you will call me, and I will refuse. So it is important that as the Lord is dealing with people, when the Lord is dealing with people, in a loving and a kind, gracious, merciful way that we respond, there will come a time when because of our own individual hardness, and in this particular case, the Lord hardening Pharaoh's heart, intensifying his rebellion or using the natural state of his rebellion to be intensified. So Pharaoh is an example of most sinners on the earth. They are grieved at the result of their sin, but not at the sin itself. They agree that it's caused them heartache, tribulation, so forth. But they're not grieved that it causes uh, sorrow in the heart of God. Now, we're going to close here this evening. Uh, there are a number of people in Scripture I want us to look at. We don't have time to cover that this evening. But uh, the last bullet here is Pharaoh's I have sinned is one of eight, eight such confessions in Scripture. And the next time we come together, we'll take a look at these. Five of these are insincere, like Pharaoh. And three of them are. So the Lord always gives hope in spite of the rebellion of Pharaoh or our hearts or anyone's heart. In, in chapter 10, uh, we have the last two uh, natural plagues, the, the plague of locusts and then the plague of the darkness, which we saw in the book of Revelation. You can see that as well. And then the Passover, the death of the firstborn, uh, is announced. Any comments or questions on what we've covered this evening? Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that in your loving kindness, your steadfast love to us, you've called us. You've opened our hearts to receive the word. 
We've believed on Jesus Christ, and we're born again. We're saved. Father, as we look back at these sad chapters, especially the life of Pharaoh and his, his minions and the Egyptian people, we know that the plagues did indeed take their toll on the Egyptian people because we're, uh, later Moses writes that the Egyptians gave all manner of gifts to the Hebrew people as they left the land of Egypt. So perhaps, and we, and we don't know, Lord, what took place, but perhaps there were Egyptians and no doubt there were some that came to an understanding of who the God of the Hebrews uh, is and that they did repent and confess and became believers in Jehovah looking forward to the coming Messiah. And we'll one day, I, I suppose, Father, we'll, we'll get to meet them and get to know them. But as for Pharaoh, Lord, the sadness of his arrogance and the, um, the incontrovertible nature of his heart is truly sad indeed. So we ask, Lord Jesus, as we depart this place this evening, that you would remind us of your love for those that do repent and call out to you. We know that you love all. We know that you love them impassionately. But we also know that there comes a time when after you've called and we've refused that we'll call for you, but you won't answer. Lord, we thank you that you're a God that does that, that answers today. I pray your blessings to be upon those that are here this evening. Keep us safe as we depart this place in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. <clears throat>